This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, what I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the prime show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I hope everybody had a great Christmas and a holiday season. And we are just days away. Just days away. This is the 26th. Just days away from 2021. Leaving 2020 behind. Actually, to be honest, we should not only get rid of it, we should burn it to a crisp because it's just the worst year in history. It just is. And and I know with that said, I've had myself a pretty, I would say pretty prosperous in terms of this show. Um, But we, you know, even if people had some good in their lives, there was still a lot of bad going on between COVID, between um, you know, the police shootings and the killing of many innocent black people and a criminal and, and the brutality that has been going on involving the police and, and, and stuff like that and the politics and everything that's been going on. You know, I, I've been blessed and I'll be saying that again, uh, as I give thanks to everybody that helped make this show happen this year and help keep me going this year. Uh, when we talk about our year end stuff, but it's just been crazy, and I hope that many of you that are listening right now have had a chance to have some glimmer of light through all this whole thing, especially during the holidays as well. Um, so, you know, bless you all. I'm, I'm very happy that you made it this far. We are now at the final stage of 2020. Let's get to it, and then once we do it, let's play a new game called 2021 and make that a better game than the previous no more bugs or glitches or anything that went on in 2020. We need to make this a much better play experience for everybody. So let's get down to that. But I digress. We are here to talk about the much anticipated Wonder Woman 1984 movie that just came out available in theaters and on HBO Max. If you're a subscriber to HBO Max, you had the opportunity to watch it yesterday at home. And now we're going to talk about it today. That's going to be the main focus. That's going to be the talk topic of this week. Uh, It's really not much new new going on in the world of ACMG, but we do have one thing that I want to talk about in this segment, and that is the uh, movie Soul from Pixar that also released yesterday as well. I won't go into a full review of it, 
the, I will say talk about a particular scene in there that I think it is worth talking about in this scene because there was a huge there's a huge message through the whole entire uh movie it's a, it's an awesome movie i highly recommend everybody go out of your way to see it and i got a feeling there will be some awards given for this uh for this animated feature uh that they made it, it's it's beautifully done and uh greatly represented i can tell you that but i want to talk about a particular scene based upon some real world stuff that really goes on that I've talked about many times and now it's on the mainstream and we're going to talk about it right now so let's not waste any time let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG so after watching wonder woman 84 i took the opportunity to watch disney pixar's soul the latest pixar movie that has come out that is exclusively to disney plus it's not playing in theaters and i gotta tell you no matter who you are no matter what color shade whatever you are you need to watch this movie it, it's an inspira inspirational movie to say the least but i will say for the people in my community the black community you definitely need to watch this with your family because this is a movie that inspires particularly our community in a way that we should and having this in this type of platform and this format is beautifully done kids need to understand this and the parents need to explain this to them pending that they are the parents that are positive reinforcements to this to our community and society but if not this is something that you can learn because they kind of point it at something that has been talked about for so long. And I so appreciate it that they added this onto it because it stuck out like a sore thumb in a great way. And that is the barbershop scene in this movie. Um, first of all, if you haven't watched this yet, basically I'll tell you what it's about. Soul takes you through the life of Joe Gardner, who is a musician, a jazz musician, who has been trying to get his break for God knows how long his passion is overwhelming and in relating and relative, I can say. I, I I I dig the passion of this character because it's the same passion that I've taken on to do the things that I wanted to and have managed to have done through the past five or six years. So I kind of empathize with this character. And he finally gets this opportunity. He gets two opportunities, two great opportunities. One is to as a music teacher. And he, you know, he was a substitute music teacher at first, but then he got the great news that he became uh, a full on teacher with pension and benefits and everything. So he's he's now stable. He's not exactly happy because he knows that doing so he's going to get stuck. He's going to get stuck in the hole of that and not pursue his real opportunities to play in a major set and perform and on live on stage and not only does he get this opportunity to become a music teacher that he could pay his skills forward and he's very talented he also gets the opportunity to work with a uh very famous jazz say, uh, singer by the name of dorothea williams played by angela bassett and he finally gets these gets the opportunity thanks to one of his former students played by quest love um to do it he makes a great impression he gets this gig. He's very happy. He's not looking where he's going as he's telling the good news to all of his friends and family. And after all that, he falls into a sewer and supposedly had died. So I was so heartbroken by this scene because he got he finally got this opportunity. I know how this feels. I know exactly how this feels to get that opportunity that yes, after all the no's that you get and you get this opportunity only to die the irony of that sucks so bad but that's where they lead into all this he becomes a soul and he fights and tries passionately to get himself back alive so he could play in this set he does so by meeting up with a character played by tina fey named 22 and she is supposed to be the most rowdiest soul out there and she's been around for 100 years and he she was supposed to be mentored by the likes of greats of you know throughout the his throughout history including one of them being muhammad ali and she was so uh, or they 
it, it's not really a female or male character per se is you know more of a you know soul that is going to lead into whoever they are going to be so um they end up wanting to you know be mentored by joe joe doesn't exactly want to be a mentor until he figures out that this, that may be a way for him to get back into the into earth into the uh and and i want to say the real world but the um the, the physical world of earth um as opposed to the metaphysical version that he's in now um so he he does this they find a way to get back and unfortunately it mishap because joe end up becoming getting into the soul of a cat and 22 ended up in being in um his body so he you know in other words um joe becomes a cat and 22 becomes him and now they're working together to try to get still get the gig uh still make things you know like it's normal but try also try to find a way to switch back bodies and get everything back into tune and while they're doing this they go through a lot of mishaps you know because 22 has no idea how to be joe and let alone be human because the 22 has never been human before and this goes into a lot of things one of which is the um the scene where joe's uh what 22 and joe's body goes into the shop after joe uh after joe and, and a body of a cat tries to cut his own hair and that turned into a major mess up and you know we we really value our barbershop <laughs> you know uh craftsmanship you know so for him to mess it up and then he has to go to the barbershop with the messed up hairdo you know it's it's the worst thing ever it's the worst thing ever because you go into a black bar barbershop with a messed up hair and you're trying to do your own hair you got to hear from everybody even people you don't know you, you you're gonna get roasted from the door so the accuracy in this film is great and i think i think a lot of that should be credited to kent powers who is the co-director and screenwriter for this movie he is the black director uh that worked alongside the seasoned director peter doctor who also directed up inside out and monsters inc among many others in, in pixar and you can tell kent powers was all over this he basically i i i it's it looked like he he was mostly there to make sure that there is accurate to oversee the accuracy of our community being shown on a animated platform and to that i say phenomenal work because it was so dead on the look of the characters the characters all look like people from from my perspective they all look like people i know around the neighborhood so it was that accurate even though it was a little bit exaggerated from a cartoon sense the character design was made to look like people that we know the 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 texture of the hair the the, the facial expressions everything it was just so spot on so you know kudos to both of them for putting this together and making it feel like home you know it, it was just so awesome um shout out to my man jay dixon in the acfg facebook group because he's a huge jazz um he's a, he's a jazz connoisseur if you will he, he he's a collector of old vinyl of classic vinyl and this movie is right up his alley he hasn't seen it yet but I, he's gonna love it but going back to that that barbershop scene so they go into the barbershop and they head to the uh barbershop to get it fixed by his uh his normal barber des des is played by darnell rollins if any of you guys know that name he is the phenomenal comedian most known for being on the Chappelle show uh ashy larry if you will among other movies that you got a chance to see or or tv shows that you got a chance to see him if he's also worked with kevin smith on a few things too uh it's a really really interesting thing uh them two working together because darnell rollins and kevin smith are all about the buzz <laughs> and it is it is quite quite a pair with them they was they did this um this pilot a while back uh, about them owning him and kevin smith owning a uh a weed shop and i i absolutely loved it it had that clerks type of feel to it they never just followed up with it because they didn't have the uh they didn't get the funding i guess but i really wish that would have came out because i thought it was awesome but one of the cool things that i noticed uh in this scene 
in this barbershop scene was the blaring of the instrumental used for a tribe called quest can you kick it which i know is a originally a um a and a, a jazz mix as well uh in there but like to hear that to hear pixar a pixar film with a tribe called quest can you kick it on there was surreal to say the least i tell you i mean it was just, that was just amazing it stuck out so well on there but the biggest focus in the scene is where one of the guys in uh in the shop started hating and throwing shade uh on joe after he announced that he was he would perform for dorothea williams uh paul the throw the shade thrower i should say played by hamilton blackish and snowpiercer star uh david diggs loved it the guy's so talented i love him he is awesome uh he was he played paul who was the hater in this scene and he after after uh 22 or joe played as joe after they announced that you know he was going to be playing dorothy with uh performing with dorothea williams paul decides to throw shade and say you know mr close but no cigar um you know he's uh he's not gonna play with her you know he's uh you know mr no close but uh close but no cigar which i if any of you in 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 a a neighborhood any of you from around away know everybody has a guy like this a hater like this i notoriously have somebody like this that i've known for years who is like this and every time something good happens in my life that this dude gives first of all they always give you the look there's always there's a particular look that they give you and it's a grit it's a little grit and a little a little take back grit like you know it's 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 like man you ain't you ain't all that but at the same time it also reads like you know what are you doing and i'm not (laughs) <laughs> it's that type of buzz and it unfortunately it is a lot of people in, in our community that is like that unfortunately and this really is actually more i would say it's it's more uh damaging than anything to our community for people to have that type of attitude so after you know once again he announced it and he said you know he um you know he's gonna mess up you know or he's not gonna go through he's mr no close but no cigar and joe had to tell him tell 22 that this dude is always throwing trying to bring him down and des also tried to dismiss the comment by in support of joe's great news uh, des was all supportive about him and that's when paul stepped in because he, he can never you know allow people to have you know good news this is so 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 on point like this scene alone deserves an oscar <laughs> because of its accuracy 22 as joe gardner and joe gardner's body again begins to talk about uh where they've been through the last hundred years and people in the shop took it as a form of philosophy about joe's life when it literally was 22's life throughout the entire time uh you know they were in another world the people in the shop got so deeply invested in that conversation because he they thought he was speaking like deep knowledge <laughs> which is something that really does happen <laughs> at times and through the conversation des reveals that uh he really wasn't intended to be a barber as he wanted to be a veterinarian and this was also a very interesting thing here too um you know 22 asked why he did he, why he uh did he not pursue uh the career of being a veterinarian and des replies i um i was planning to you know go out there after uh coming out of the navy but my daughter got sick and barbershop uh barber school was a lot cheaper than veterinarian school you know and but des uh said despite it all he's happy he's happier than the clam with the decision that he said um that he said and not everybody can have that opportunity you know it's it's a sad it's a sad reality but it's a reality that needed to be talked about and unfortunately that line alone that des said could go so deep as to why that didn't happen and why many people didn't you know go through the same thing you know they they end up trying to find the plan b everybody in the community goes for a plan b they never stick to a plan a and or try to figure out another way to get that plan a working 
and it's it, 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 I could go on and on about that situation, but it's, we don't have enough time on this show. And I, I literally had this conversation in, uh, in this uh, business panel that I was in for black businesses uh, about a week ago. And those subjects came up as well and how we can uplift the community and how to you know make it better. And a lot of it stems from the mentality. A lot of it also stems from systemic situations that we need to break. Systemic situations within our own, you know, in a, within a community and systemic things that has been built for generations outside of the community. And it's just too big of a discussion to go. But, you know, it's just one of those things that he mentioned that is a factor in a lot of people's heads. So, so much to the point that when you have somebody like Joe Gardner to have that opportunity, you got a person like Paul who is going to resent it and hate it and not support it because there's not that many of these opportunities out there for everybody. Whereas in other communities, these opportunities come so easily. And that's how these type of situations happen. Just a, a, a small idea of that. And that needs to change. And I'm glad that this, this animated movie pointed this out. And it great and in such great exemplary and and detail, um, just awesome. So, Des, you know, is is in, is is comfortable with he, what he's done. Although, I would I would definitely say like I know deep inside himself he wish he would have actually done more, but he's happy that he at least made something of himself, which is definitely absolutely commendable. Then. You know, he's, so he says he's happy with what he does. Not everybody gets that opportunity. And 22 replied, like, you know, with me playing with Dorothea Williams, I know. This led to Paul, before before he left the shop, <laughs> Paul, a.k.a. the hater, a.k.a. the shade thrower, tried to throw one last hater punch at him before uh, leaving the shop and said, you're not all that. Anybody can play in a band. I can, can I tell you how many times I've heard that from people in particularly like I said I have my own person that I've had like this for years and it didn't it didn't affect me at all because I recognized what was going on and I just kept it moving and every time as the years go by I still keep it moving but every single time that happens you always going to get somebody that comes off and says like you're not all that you're not special i literally i literally had somebody who said that to me i remember um this happened in 2008 no 2019 when i did the panel i'm not joking when i did the uh when i did the keystone comic-con panel for repop and doing the two big panels the one for the uh street fighter panel with the uh, Udon artist and the other one with the Overwatch cast. I literally got this in, I, I, I screen printed this to which the, the person said, you're not that special. It was the exact type of response or a very strongly similar response that the character Paul has done. And he tried to make it seem like it was a jokingly matter. And I know for a fact that it wasn't a jokingly matter. He was not going to support me. He was not going to do. And it was, here's the funny part. Here's the even funnier part. So you got a guy like him and it is a male. I will say that much. You got a guy like him who, you know, wants to talk all this crap and, you know, he's going to support everybody, but the person that he knows. He will, he'll try to support everybody just despite every, you know, my, my accomplishments. And amongst all that, he actually texts on my, on my platform <laughs> that I'm not special. Okay. But at the same time, as I work and partner with read pop and I produce a contest that gives people three uh, free three-day passes to the uh, Keystone Comic-Con event. Guess who was the one who actually tried to actually win this competition? And he and if he would have gotten the questions right uh, and accurate and done it the way that it was supposed to, and I would have awarded it to him. I was unbiased. You know, I, I don't take the shade from him. 
you know, and, and, and try to give it back. I, you know, it's regardless, he still won a con. He was still would have won a contest that I've actually put together. You can never take that back. But this person actually had their audacity to try to win these pa uh, badges as well. And unfortunately, he didn't do it accurately. He didn't say it correctly. And he wasn't on time. And he never got a chance to win. But just the fact that he even tried, despite the fact that he said himself that he was doing, he was getting, you know, the media passes and doing all these things and, you know, and still doing. Like, first of all, why does, why do, why did he have to keep lying or saying things that wasn't true or, you know, he, the, for the, for what is worth, the, the, the guy has a, he has the opportunity, he has the, like anybody, he has the absolute ability to do what he says he's going to do. He just doesn't apply. And instead, he wants to do it the easy way around. But when he sees somebody that is doing what he wants to do, he's going to be resentful about it. And that's a situation that Paul is doing right there. So with that said, going back to the scene, <laughs> Joe, the cat, told 22 to mind don't mind paul he's one of those folks who brings everybody down to make themselves feel better that's just the beginning of that 22 made a great and accurate clapback reply and said oh i get it he's just criticizing me to cover up the pain of his failed dreams i heard it the first time and it blew my mind I replayed it again before I even started this show and it literally I, I I was it hit it hit like this they broke the key they broke the they broke the uh the, the lock I always tell people when you got haters online you got trolls online and you got people who, who like Paul, like the person that I have dealt with for years. You got to really not take them literally. You not you can't take their words literally. You have to go beyond the words. You have to figure out the combination to unlock what's really going on with these people. And once you do that, they will stop messing with you. They will stop intimidating. They will stop antagonizing. Once you find their combination you have to go deeper than the words the words are just masked on something deeper than what is going on and if you realize that if any of you actually realize that do you know how much power do you have when you figure out what's really going on with these people and and and, and even more once you find out what's better with you know the people that's antagonizing you i still say reach out to them because they may not actually be that bad of a person they just been under some bad situations and they don't know how to get out of it and they never had anybody reach out to them or be real with them like that so they become resentful and that could be the case i i know that's the case of the person that was with me i i'm still like i've tried to be supportive to him and everybody that you know is going away because i get it like we're in a really crappy situation right now you know, but if you put in the work, if you put in the effort, if you remain diligent and determined, you will eventually get out there because they can't stop you once you keep going. Once you start making a lot of noise, I am living proof of that. And when 22 said that and broke that lock, I mean, shattered that lock and that lock not only shattered the character of Paul, but to anybody who watched that this movie and is Paul, they got hit too. I guarantee you they got hit. And when Paul, excuse me. Ooh, excuse me. Ooh, that was crazy. But um, when Paul actually got hit with that and, and, and 22 said that, and let me repeat that again. 22, likes, 22 said, oh, I get it. He's just criticizing me to cover up the pain of his failed dreams. Let me tell you, it hit myself and all the characters that were in that barbershop as they were howling laughing at Paul because he got roasted hard. And, and what I would say, a mic drop comment, a mic drop, a mic drop clapback moment at the same time. And Paul's response was awesome. 
<laughs> said you cut deep joe and walked out of the barbershop <laughs> that moment stuck out so like out of everything that happened in this movie that moment stuck out hugely for myself and i actually i actually went back and replied to the acmg facebook group and you know say I, and i comment i'm like wow if anything else that barbershop scene from pixar soul is beyond legit and a lot of people agree with this and who watched it and you know yesterday you know um Dorfees gene on our acmg facebook group yes it is my favorite scene um you know it, it, it's it's really amazing edwin uh nashton you know that wasn't a movie for kids that it is made the, uh, for the kids and us and i replied to him i'm like yeah it's also an inspiration the, the movie is a great inspiration because it actually not i mean you take that movie that scene aside the entire movie is about not missing out on opportunities and to you know find your passion and define who you are and do what you want to do before you go because you you know you can't take everything for granted this is a movie that my people need to see this is a movie that uh, this was a long time coming we needed to see this movie we needed to see a representation in such a way and we needed you know things like this to be brought up if you have not seen disney pixar's soul Go out of your way to check it out. If you're on Disney Plus, this is a movie to watch. This, in terms of um, best Pixar films ever, I would I will go out of my way to say that this is number three, next to The Incredibles. But I still love both Incredibles movies uh, the most, but Soul is a very special film now for me uh, because it, it, it talks about something that we have not talked about in our community in quite some time and. This is indeed a great gift to us during Christmas to see something like this, to see us in, in, in a major platform like Pixar, uh, and also to have the messages being sent out, you know, by Jamie Foxx, by Tina Fey, by, you know, you know, Des and, you know, uh, Darnell Rollins and Questlove and Angela Bassett and many others who came together to make this film. This is a very special film, a film that kids need to see, a film that adults need to see that we can all learn from and hopefully help us get to that point. And trust me when I tell you, I hope that barbershop scene ends up going online somewhere because people need to see that alone. People in our community need to see that alone because that scene is pivotal to a lot of things, to the ideology of what goes on and the ideology that we need to crumble and recreate and to something much more better and positive right there we need more joes less pause <laughs> and going in from 2021 and beyond so that's all i wanted to say about that note um speaking of gifts we're going to take a break come back and in our talk topic of the week we're going to review and give my thoughts about wonder woman 1984 the most anticipated movie of 2021 and did it meet expectations i'm sorry 2020 <laughs> Did it meet expectations uh, for our Christmas holiday? We'll find out right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait!
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Wonder Woman 1984, the follow-up to the first Wonder Woman for the DC film series and universe that they were trying to put together. I don't know if even that's still being put together or not, but, you know, at least we're still getting a Wonder Woman movie. Uh, Patty Jenkins once again directs, writes, and puts together a fine movie. Now, while this, I overall, I did enjoy this movie. I liked it. I didn't love it. I thought it was good, but it wasn't great. I actually, I actually still enjoy. Me personally, remember this is my, this is mine and mine is alone. Uh, I still like the original movie a bit better, uh, but this told a really uh, cool story, and it everything connected properly, and you know, the, all the characters in play were really well done and, and portrayed. Uh, you know, it takes us back to the 1980s where Wonder Woman's next big uh, venture goes into uh, an adventure that involves the uh, new villains, Max Lord and or Maxwell Lord in uh, Cheetah. Uh, Cheetah played by Kristen Wiig and Max Lord played by the Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal. And in a very creepy, creepy role and a creepy version of Max Lord. Now, my first my first look at Max Lord was in fact not in the comics but it was in uh Supergirl the first season of Supergirl that that really ill-gotten series of uh Supergirl before they went to the CW and Greg Berlanti you know made it much better than it was Max Lord was one of the big villains there he was supposed to be there you know her Lex Luthor and to his to the credit he was actually pretty good um you know, the actor who portrayed that Max Lord in there. This Max Lord was a little different. Uh, he played almost like a Gene Hackman-esque version of a Max Lord character. And in fact, the funny thing is the whole movie, the way they filmed it, except for the beginning where the uh, where they show the flashback or of, of Diana competing in the uh, Amazon games, which is a really cool scene uh, as... Uh, Diana plays like the little girl who's almost winning this entire games. She's the only child competing against a large assortment of adult Amazons. And she's literally beating them, except she screws up by getting knocked off her horse. And then she tries to find a way to get to the finish line better, which I thought was legal until uh, until um, Artemis, I believe, or the, was it Artemis? Um, I forgot the name. It wasn't Artemis that, that took it back. It was uh, into, uh, into, I forgot the name of the person that uh, her trainer, actually, I should say, you know, stopped her from winning because, you know, the rules apply that you had to do it the way that they wanted her to do it. And she they did catch her going, taking a shortcut to get to the finish line without even having a bow. <laughs> Excuse me. So, because when they, whenever, um, when they got on the horse, they had their bow and arrow, and they had to mark every single part that they were in. And she missed out one segment and forgot to get her bow and arrow, but still made it to the finish line, and they managed to catch her. So she got pulled off a horse so the other uh, Amazons can win. And Diana was so furious and upset because she knew she could have won that way, but they didn't want her to win that way. It wasn't her time to win. And that was kind of a bit the moral of the story about being truthful, being honest and truthful for herself. And it plays into a lot of what the movie is about and what it leads into. Uh, so it's really interesting because now you have everything set in 1984 and the way that this movie was filmed, it felt, it looked, they, it, I felt like they used old school cameras. Like, uh, I, I, I don't know what type of, the type of cameras that they used in the eighties to film, you know, motion pictures back then. And it had that little grainy type of look to it. I don't know if that was filtered in or not, or did they actually use the actual cameras for it? But they, it, it was made to look like a really old school eighties type of film. And the bad part about this for me was that, all right, I dig that they had, it, it kind of looked like the old Superman Donner films, which was awesome. But when I, I felt like they went too heavy on the eighties theme because it was too much of a, it was too campy of an eighties theme. And I've seen, I've seen better, uh, you know, campy eighties type of, you know, formats before that were done a little bit better than that but it, it, it just felt a little bit too campy um how they portray wonder woman 
in the 80s and how they, you know, reacted to it. It, it, it really, I, I, I didn't particularly like the way that they, they uh, portrayed her in there and, and how the, it, it just, it, it was some of the about it was, it felt too cartoony. I've seen 80s portrayals before in movies where it wasn't as campy. It didn't feel as cartoony. This kind of did in a sense, and it, it took, it kind of really took me out just a bit of it. But as you go through the movie, as you go deeper into the movie, it gets better and it gets better when they start going into the plot and narrative of everything uh it got it got a bit better but you know just focusing on a lot of things now there, there were some really cool things that i did like that they focused on the 80s some of the little intricate things that they added on there like for instance there was a scene where the, um they showed you know kids in the arcade and you know they showed actual old 80s arcade games like operation wolf that we used to play in the arcades I, I dude i haven't played operation wolf in ages that game was so much fun back then another scene later on which showed a bit of an accuracy to the 80s was um this guy who i'm gonna go ahead of myself in a sense this guy who pretty much knew more about the stone that maxwell lord the 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 dream stone is what you know christian wick's character barbara uh minerva uh called it he knew about it but you know they so they went to seek him and what happened was they shot a they showed a little shot of what it would appear to be a pro wrestling illustrated magazine with jerry lawler let wwe legend jerry lawler or wrestling legend jerry lawler on the front cover first of all i remember that damn magazine i remember that cover <laughs> for them to actually find an actual book of that for this scene it was it was very noticeable i really marked out for that uh you know if you're a wrestling fan if you're an old school wrestler fan too you know that book you've seen that cover so i don't know whose idea was it to put that in but i thought that was so freaking cool so we get this we get this situation here where diana's alone year decades later after the events of uh the first one which was in world war one is now 1984 and she's becoming wonder woman but in secret she's saving people's lives um she's taking out cameras so people won't see what she's doing and i didn't realize this until the fact that they started mentioning like you know in the news that nobody knows who this person is so she's still remaining in secret she is uh she collects a lot of you know but we knew we knew this from the later films that she collects a lot of um a lot of ancient artifacts and stuff like that and um rare items and such and she runs her own business to that match she also owns a lot of uh properties one of them she dedicated to trevor played by chris pine street uh steve trevor i should say called it trevor ranch um to that you know to tribute to him but she has been lonely and insanely lonely since the time she's never been with anybody else she never wanted to be with anybody else but steve trevor and it, it started don't uh you know dawning on her and dwelling on the idea that she's been lonely for so long at the same time we have christian wig who i think may be the standout of this whole entire movie i thought she did a great job and she played a really great hot 80s she was the prototypical white female the hot blonde white female of the 80s <laughs> in so many ways i can't tell you on this show um but she she played it up really majorly on here uh, really awesome in here but um despite the fact that her character is very formulaic in a sense because how many comic book movies have we seen especially from dc where you had the geek character become a very um become like the very um jealous or you know the jealous character who wanted power and wanted to be popular and they come across this uh this item that makes them what they always want and they don't want to go back to what they were you know i've seen this before uh last time i saw this was uh jamie fox as the as electro playing maxwell uh i forgot the name of the character that he played but um his, his name was also maxwell um but he played electro but they played like such a geek version of him it, you know the same character uh, another one was iron man 3 
it, it, that that was another one that did the same exact same thing. Uh, so we see in this character, but to Christian Wick's, uh, Wick's credit, she did a great job. She did a great job playing this character. I, I was really convinced. Um, it was awesome. It was it, it was awesome. So she comes across this entire situation where she finds this artifact where it, it turns out that it grants wishes and she wished for something diana also wished for something as well um being honest to them of, of the ability and power of this thing that this thing has been around for generations and nobody basically knew that this thing is granted wishes like that because it's just been out of it's been out of touch for like generations until it got into the hands of them meanwhile in all this maxwell lord like i said played by the mandalorian himself pedro pascal is a man who is he 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 knows about this item but he's a failed businessman trying to make money he's this pretentious rich guy with this company that's not making rarely any money at all but he's spending money on you know looking the part to try to try to you know accomplish getting all these oil rigs to make money because back in the day oil was a big thing oil's still a big thing now but oil was a major thing in the 80s and if you owned a lot of oil rigs in sites there's a possibility you could strike gold and you can make more uh profit and such like that so he was into that but it wasn't making that much money at the same time he has a kid uh that he you know that he is that he's trying to father i guess but is not doing a great job so he's just down in the dumps majorly trying to get this empire that he wants done he knows about this item and finds out that diana uh has it and he goes in to try to get talk his way into all of this and comes to find out he not only gets it he gets it from christian rick who all of a sudden wished that he, uh, she was as cool as diana <laughs> and got that wish now whenever somebody grants a wish to this dreamstone there's also a sacrifice this dreamstone apparently was created by one of the gods that diana has come across in her past and whenever somebody makes a wish there's also there comes great sacrifice so christian rig got diana's um not only wish for to be like diana she got diana's powers and slowly diana is her powers are also diminishing as well diana on the other hand wished that she got steve trevor back she they both got their wish steve trevor came back to life but under a different form a different man so i i got confused about this at first it was it was very confusing at first but as i went along i figured out what happened and how this happened so uh it worked out and he came back so that's how chris pine came back to life so at the same time when you know in this you know what's going to happen near the end of this whole thing and it was interesting they uh they went about it they went about it try to figure out what exactly uh what was going on with the stone uh max lord gets the stone himself and then instead of wishing he can get you know become rich or whatever <laughs> which would have been the easiest thing for him to do he wanted to he wanted the power of the stone so he wind up becoming the power of the stone itself and i thought that was a very interesting thing so basically now when he how he would make this work is that he would ask people what do they wish for and when he wishes for that he actually gets their wish but he also is able to control the aspect of it himself and he controls the consequences with it to which it benefits him now as he's doing this the power is becoming overwhelming to him and it's showing throughout the film how it's diminishing him in this whole entire thing so it, it turns into a real thing pedro pasco as maxwell lord is a very creepy dude <laughs> i i like this character a lot it it it, it was a very kind of everybody's character play like you would see in the 80s but better like uh, there was a lot of things that the 80s movies would do but it would kind of be kind of hokey and campy they managed to make this not as campy except for that that mall scene 
that mall scene was way too 80s campy for me but as it gradually went on it got much better and better and like some of the things that they did in there was just it was i i it it just didn't feel like if i watch it if i watch a marvel film or even hell if i watched um a batman film the action that they would do would in in both of the like a marvel film or chris nolan's film it will feel logical it'll feel like it makes sense they got wonder woman in, the, in that in that mall scene like knocking people out in a in a very cartoonish type of way and and throwing people around a very cartoonish type of way like i know she's super powered but it just felt goofy it just it just felt really goofy and everything but it like i said the action gets much better as you gradually get deeper and and the story gets deeper and you know while it goes out it it it, it i start to enjoy it a lot better but uh, maxwell it, maxwell lord's character i like because deep down inside of everything that he was doing and the greed that he was creating for himself beca- uh, becoming uh immersed with the with the dreamstone he there's a bit of heart to him he's doing all this because he doesn't want to feel like he's a loser he doesn't want to be a loser to his son he you know but he it ends up be becoming uh overwhelming to him it takes it takes him over christian wick's character barbara as well you know she doesn't want to be the uh the defenseless woman anymore she wants to be the strong one she could she encounters a lot of jerks along the way and especially this one this one guy who you know just almost he, he pretty much uh assault like sexually assaults her in in a sense and she got his she got him back <laughs> during the way and it, it, it's, it's the same because she's very nice to a lot of people as well and you can see her heart changing as she gradually goes on um somehow her and uh maxwell wind up barbara and maxwell wind up teaming up later on in this in the uh, movie and she ends up getting a second wish to be a apex predator which then you know you know where that's going to take her and it did take her to where we wanted her to go and i thought that they you know that is like i said at the beginning campy near the end it fleshed out to be a better film um they brought up the golden armor they also even i i liked also that they answered a lot of questions about the wonder woman character that we always wanted to know for instance where the hell is that invisible jet and that has been answered beautifully in this movie as well um as to how that is going to happen and kudos to patty jenkins and all of them for writing that in so greatly as to how she got the the invisible jet thing going on and then also how she is able to fly and you we get to see all of the aspects of wonder woman in this uh movie so that's one of the beauties of this film and the most enjoyable parts of this film uh other people that was that i noticed in here too um natasha rockwell rothwell who plays um kelly on insecure she played a character carol in here it was really great awesome to see her on air as well um just some it was a lot of great things i do i do like the transformation of barbara uh, that kristen rick I, I was wondering kristen rick is such a great actress and she's a great talent um she's been in saturday night live forgot she's one of saturday night live greats i'm just gonna say this now and it's funny too because i i I remember talking about a few weeks ago i just saw the um the cartoon the cartoon series the animated series of the looney tune show which came out in 2011 on cartoon network and i didn't realize that she played lola bunny at the time until i looked it up and when i first started watching this film and hearing her and 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 hearing her voice all i can think about is how crazy she you know the crazy voice of lola bunny on that show she's really she's a very very talented actress like i've seen her in other movies before but i've really enjoyed her hair i really really enjoyed her hair because you know when it comes to doing superhero movies you got you're on a pedestal you're being put on stage in front of thousands of thousands of hardcore fans and you got to pull it off and a lot of times when you're a comedian and you're trying to do that take on roles like this you're really put on you're really put on the front i thought she did it not only in stride like you expect 
Gal Gadot uh, to do what she does. Chris Pine to do what she does. Um, Kristen Wiig. I know she did Ghostbusters too, and I actually liked her Ghostbusters. <laughs> I am one of the rare people that really didn't mind and enjoyed Ghostbusters for what it was. It's like it really wasn't as bad as what people thought it was going to be in there. And um, I thought she did a good job there, but also I think this was a really you know a a she stepped it up majorly here. So to me, I think she was the MVP of this whole entire thing. I thought she did great in here. I thought she, all of them did great. I just think that she really played it out better. Um, also want to note that we we not only got a lot of great fanfare within the character, but we got a lot of great fanfare of the fandom of Wonder Woman, period. Because if you see if you stay till the end of the credits, we got a really, really good cutscene here. And you out of respect. I had to, I was telling my wife uh, the other day um, that she well she didn't know because she's not really a she's not a comic book fan at all not to say that she doesn't like comic books but she just it's not her thing um, but she likes watching the movies she did she wasn't aware about who Linda Carter was and I had to explain to her because she rather wasn't born or she or her parents didn't let her watch. <laughs> <laughs> any of those uh, reruns or whatever back in the day but linda carter is a legend on so many levels she is a pioneer on so many levels and she watched um a i think she watched an interview on good morning america with patty jenkins on air talking about the movie and they mentioned linda carter and all this stuff and how linda carter um how patty jenkins and uh linda carter actually you know still text and talk to each other through this whole thing because they're good friends now and i'm like hell yes that's a that's like you know when you're working in any of these type of industries it's like a badge of honor to have a legend in your in 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 your um contact in your contact uh list you know that's like me with molly flanagan or you know or kyle abert or you know ruben langdon and stuff like that you know it's it's one of those things or you know mega rand or stuff like that it's like one of those type of things it's like you got those people on your contact list and you know you have great respect for these people and as great as patty jenkins is she's still a fan and to have you know no matter how famous her gail or any of those people are it's linda freaking carter so <laughs> i'd explain to her like linda carter is the reason why this movie's been made because of the the success of her series and what she's done in terms of uh pioneering you know the 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 fandom for this character that this movie was inspired by what dc has done for years what the creators of wonder woman has done for years and what linda carter has uh her contributions playing that character so why not respect that character by bringing her onto the show in a really really cool tribute cutscene at the very end so if you manage to stay fast forward to the credits at the end you got a chance to see linda carter as everybody thought she was gail gadot <laughs> um i forgot what the name of the character and i'm trying to look this up now to see because i don't think that they put her in the credits yet a lot of times a lot of people when they try to keep secrets they don't put everybody in the credits on imdb until like weeks later when everybody has seen it um so i don't see her but she's definitely in the end credit scene and they also say special guest appearance from linda carter playing as a whole nother character so i I think it was a oh it's uh here it is they do have her credit on here uh asteria so they have her on here uh because she's in the end credit scene she saves uh somebody's life and they think that is uh, I thought, I believe they think that it was Diana or we thought that, you know, us, the viewers thought it was Diana because she was wearing the same blue, you know, uh, outfit or a coat that she, that, uh, Diana was wearing, Gail Gadot was wearing, turn around, it's Linda Carter. <laughs> and I, I got so excited for that, uh, moment. It was a great moment. It was a really cool moment. And, you know, she even got a chance to say like, oh, you know, the woman said, you saved my life. Uh, I can't believe you did that. And she's like, I've been doing this for years, so don't worry. And they addressed her as Asteria, 
which is a interesting thing because is this going to lead into a third wonder woman movie that involves linda carter in there and if it does that'll be absolutely awesome because she deserves to be a part of this show much like she was on supergirl as the president of the united states so um this was awesome a great tribute i loved it overall like i said i liked the movie i enjoyed the movie i didn't love the movie uh, I didn't think it was great. I still think the the, um, the first one was slightly better. But given the theme of what they were doing, I did like the way that it was filmed to have that 80s type of feel. And at, by the end of it, I, I really, really uh, enjoyed what they did. Uh, it was cool. It was it was a really cool uh, thing that they did. Not like it was an 80s film done right if this was actually done in the 80s it would have, it would have been a perfect 80s film it would have been the best 80s film ever um but even the campiness of that would have been okay and i think that's that was the idea of the campy part but i just still wish it wasn't as campy as it was but it, it none of that to me take took away from how great is how much how really really great this film was uh overall and it, it was a lot of fun it's a very watchable film still one of um dc films best that they've done so far and i look forward to seeing what else they're going to do hopefully we'll get to see more of this hopefully we'll get to see dc films get back into the swing of things and uh you know shout out to all them really great so if i give this a grade i think i would give this a solid b it was definitely a a great a, a b it wasn't like i and that's only because i didn't come out of it with that same feeling that i have for a lot of films that i've seen like any marvel films that i've seen in the past um it i didn't have that feel I, and maybe because i was already coming in with reserves but at the same time the first wonder woman movie was absolutely awesome and i heard that it was already it already got some great reviews before but i didn't know to what extent so um and it was certified fresh on, on rotten tomatoes but we're only at the time with the 70 percent uh time so i wonder what it has now rotten tomatoes tomatoes.com let's see what it has for wonder woman because it was 70 something oh oh now oh wow it was 70 i believe it was 76 when it started and now it's uh 67 percent still certified fresh i guess and 75% audience score. So I'm not a critic per se, but I'm an audience, I'm more of a fan. I'll add on to that 75%. I think it was really a good movie, very watchable. Um, a lot of good parts in there. And just overall fun. It was a really fun film. So I definitely I would give it a solid B. Um, didn't blow me away at all. Uh, but it did enough to get me satisfied and to rewatch it again. So that will do it for me, folks. Thank you so very much for joining me. And again, happy holidays and pretty soon, happy new year to us all. Um, the next time you will hear the Prime Show, it will be our year-end awards. Well, yeah, our year-end results of the voting that we've done here for Talk Time Live. They already have, uh, they already voted for best anime, best U.S. animated series, best comic, best movie. And the games, which I think is going to be the biggest one of them all. That's going to be uh, the, the biggest vote of them all coming out. Also, a lot of other different categories are going to be coming out as well. So we got that going on. So um, a lot of that has come about. And it's, it's it's been really cool. It'll be interesting to see where to go from there. So we got that going on. I am also going to be doing a select start episode where I give the top 10 best games I've played this year. And... I've played over maybe like 180 games this year, um, to which some of them I had the actual guest on the show to talk about it, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. I got to do my homework and uh, start researching everything that I played this year. This is oh goodness, I've, I've I've played a hell of a lot of games this year. Not adding on to the PlayStation Five stuff too, and that's also something I will talk about on uh this week's episode as well as my experience with the playstation 5 so far and also not only my experience with the playstation 5 but also my uh experience replaying spider-man remastered again because there or what i call the ben rally uh episode edition of the game because i'm not ever going to be convinced that that is um peter parker that i see in that game it makes more sense for me that it's the scarlet spider-man <laughs> 
<laughs> in this case, taken over. But nonetheless, I noticed a lot of significant changes, but also some very relevant things that are ha that have happened this year that that game captured on in 2018. And it is damn near creepy to the extent. So uh, we'll touch on that as well uh, all this week as we lead into 2021. Finally. So, folks... That will do it. Uh, definitely go out of your way to check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, aka Amazon Music as well. Uh, also Pandora and a few other outlets out there that I've been told that we are available on. Thank you all for coming on. Thank you all for supporting all of our new listeners, all of our seasoned listeners out there and those who keep supporting us and, and um, everything that's been done here. But uh, I'll do more of the thank yous on the other episodes because uh, I got a lot of people to thank <laughs> here. So uh, definitely go out of your way, check us out. And also, of course, TalkTimeLive.com, where you can check out all of our episodes here but also and check back on all of the previous episodes, but also our exclusive interviews. A lot, of, over 50, over definitely over 50 interviews, probably leading in the 60s by now, but I got to recount that with some of the best in all of, all of our favorite fandoms out there. So thanks again, folks. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great new year and uh, so much more to go. God willing. So folks, that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.